this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guests this week in the studio, Amanda Barge and Shelly Yoder. They are the driving forces behind the second Monroe County, South Central Indiana Opioid Summit. There was one last year, last September. This year, September 18th and 19th, Tuesday and Wednesday at the Monroe County Convention Center. A year of action. Thanks, you two, for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having us. You yeah. make, you're making me a little nervous by saying that it's coming up. because It's coming up? I remember when we first met about the this next summit, we said, oh, it's so far away. And now here it is. It's like two weeks away. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and it's then you've got to start planning for the third. <laughs> yes. We'll think about you, that. You should see the, the evil look that Amanda <laughs> just made. She probably did. She was shooting daggers out of her eyes saying, we'll, don't say we'll put that. put that off. Funny yeah. thing is, we're, we're in chipper moods. We're feeling good. We're laughing. We were singing beforehand. But this is a, this is a, a depressing topic, quite frankly. I happen to have here in my hand uh, a medicine bottle filled with a prescription for a drug called tramadol. Tramadol HCL. It's a pain reliever. It's an opioid. Mm. And that's what we're talking mm -hmm, about. Mm -hmm. This stuff kills pain. It it, uh, it works quite quickly. You take one of these pills and within an hour, your pain pretty much goes away. Problem is, this stuff is highly addictive. Mm -hmm. The withdrawal is crazy. It's a problem. Tons of people are addicted to things like this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to deal with. Right, Amanda? Yeah, I think uh, some doctors are uh, making concerted efforts to prescribe things that are non-narcotic um, mm -hmm. now, and and I think that's so important. And um, it, it is really scary to think, you know, someone could, could say get cancer and then they're addicted to to mm -hmm. opioids yeah. on top of that. So it's or a, a it's root very, canal or just yes, something even like a broken leg and anything mm -hmm. it could happen to any of us. So what is the event going to do about this? Shelley. Our hope is to, one, raise awareness, but also to shed some light on what not only our community is doing in response to the opioid crisis epidemic, but also what the area, what other communities are doing. So we can spread the message of education, but also learn from some real trailblazers uh, throughout, the, throughout the nation. It just so happens that September is National Recovery Month. Mm -hmm. And apparently our uh, beautiful courthouse, downtown Bloomington, is lighted up purple mm -hmm. in the evenings. Uh, for how long, Shelley? One month. And why is this? Who's responsible for this? <laughs> so the, uh, the color purple is the color of recovery. Yeah. And there are many different subcommittees of the opioid planning committee overall, but I'm on the community outreach. And Kathy Hewitt, myself, and Carol Weiss-Kennedy, who is uh, the community outreach person for IU Bloomington, IU Health, Bloomington's uh, hospital. And we sat down and brainstormed about some ideas, and this was one of them. And we thought, would the commissioners agree to do this? And so we approached the commissioners, and it was such a, a beautiful thing. We had, how many of our committee members showed yeah. up? I think, ever, maybe... 
Almost everyone. Uh, Five committee members showed up. We presented to the commissioners our case of why we wanted to light the courthouse purple, among other events that we wanted to uh, do in in showcasing not just the summit, but really drawing awareness to Recovery Month. And the commissioners were unanimous in their support for lighting up the Mm -hmm. courthouse. So I wanted to thank Commissioner Barge for her leadership in the summit. It was her idea originally to make this happen uh, almost two years ago when she ran for commissioner. And then here we are just about to embark on our second uh, opioid summit. And it's it's incredible uh, the kind of response that we've had and the responsibility that our community has taken on uh, to have the kind of response that we've had. And so I, how, how did that work, Amanda? Uh, a couple of years ago, you had this idea. Did you cast about for someone who would help you with it and you found uh, <laughs> Shelly here or how did it work? When I was running, I was able to visit the uh, syringe exchange. Uh-huh. I'm also being a social worker. I'm interested in um, preventing disease and making sure we help people in the most proactive ways possible. And so I've, I, I decided to take a tour of the Indiana Recovery Alliance van when they were doing outreach at People's Park. And uh, I was immediately inspired. There were volunteers from um, volunteers in medicine. There was a nurse there. There were people there with lived experience. Chris Abert, the director of the Recovery Recovery Alliance was there. They were giving out coats, blankets. Um, they were doing medical. They were uh, doing medical assessments, so checking people for uh, various illnesses. And of course, twenty-five percent of what they were doing was handing out clean needles to people. Mm. Um, but it was really, literally, social work in action. It was it reminded me kind of of the harm reduction movement in the '90s when um, people were. Uh, trying to stop, prevent the spread of HIV in San Francisco. So that's kind of the, for me, what I've, I found them very, very inspiring. So I got to thinking, what can we do? And, and we're always so reactive in our society that um, I really wanted to get everyone together and just talk about some things we could do to be, to, to be proactive and prevent as well as respond. And uh, so, yeah, I promised that we would have a task force. And in my mind, I envisioned like 12 people around a table having a conversation about the opioid epidemic. What can we do? And so uh, Shelley and I uh, were discussing just the overwhelming, the immense amount of overdoses that happen, had happened over the summer last year and what can we do about it? And we started looking online. <laughs> Remember, we found a summit in, mm-hmm. I think, Atlanta and we were like, mm-hmm. we could do this here. We had no idea the response mm-hmm. uh, that we were going to get, the interest. I mean, we sold out, I think we sold out over a month before the event last year. Mm-hmm. Um, at you know almost 600 people and I, I might add you're just about sold out for this one too we really we are, are sold out. out yeah yeah I'm, I'm sitting here for the listening audience I'm sitting here across from Amanda Barge and I'm realizing you know, here is somebody who ran on this mm-hmm. uh, for commissioner and the first thing she did so she says last summer but it was late May when she or maybe mid-May when she reached out to me and said, would you be interested in having a conversation about putting on a summit? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. So we sat down and started brainstorming. And then we had this event three months later. And Quick. Yes. Quick. And it was her drive. She, you know, she's like, "We, I'm going to do this as commissioner. And as a county counselor, it was, it was this uh, relationship and this doggedness of accomplishing this summit 
that for me, having served um, on the county council for, at that point, four years, it really came together. Like I thought, yes, I, I can see how all of these uh, departments fit together. And you have one crisis and you realize why you do what you do. And I just want to commend Commissioner Barge because you know, she saw this incredible need and brought her skill as a social worker to the position and has been an incredible leader. You know, I almost get the feeling that the work of you two inspired the state to have its own opioid summit, which happened last month. Mm -hmm. A couple of interesting things uh, came out of that. There was a Marion County Superior Court judge, William Nelson, who spoke, and he played a 90-second recording of a woman mm -hmm calling 911 after finding her 20-year-old son dead from an overdose. It, it just broke the house down. And do you know what his comment was after that was finished? My wife made that call. So he then said, let's, uh, let's learn how to treat substance abuse disorder uh, as a chronic brain disease, not a crime. Is that what we're looking mm -hmm. for? And how do we get that to happen? Mm -hmm. And do we sit down with the police departments and the prosecutors and the judges to make this happen? And are those kind of people going to be at your summit? Yes, yes, and yes. I think that would be <laughs> yes. the answer. I just want to say how uh, not being a practitioner like uh, Commissioner Barge is, but learning so much. And I mean, I, I have been blown away about how this... Uh, epidemic has, and maybe the the uh, the trauma research and the impact of trauma on the brain has been going on. I don't doubt it's been going on for years, but the the connection that they've been able to make with the impact of trauma and its connection with substance uh, use and how it changes the chemistry within a person and it actually changes the development of the brain, how trauma does and makes it more susceptible to, uh, to addiction and substance use. And I, I, w I want to say that, uh, that, that it's been fueled, you know, this kind of research has been fueled by uh, horrific stories like we've heard from Judge Nelson. It just takes your breath away that these are lived experiences of people every minute in this country. Uh, some of the things we found out at last month's statewide summit, 115 people die each day from opioid overdoses. Can you believe that? Yes. And a doctor from the Indiana University Medical School named Andrew Chambers said substance abuse disorder affects 20% of the adults in the United States. Mm -hmm. I think That's it's wide ranging. Yeah, I think it's probably higher. I think it's one of those things that isn't mm -hmm. always reported because yeah. of stigma. So um, I want to just just to kind of add something. That you asked a question about kind of getting people at the table, and and Shelley's right. We are you know traumatic brain injury or or being a, a brain it disorder. Uh, it's amazing how many people have. Um, brain injuries that have also uh, comorbidity with addiction as well. Mm -hmm. So um, we are addressing that at the summit. We'll actually have a whole session on that. We'll also have a session on adverse childhood experiences to talk about kind of um, you're four times more likely to use if you have a certain score on this adverse childhood experiences scale. Um, mm -hmm. But 
getting people at the table, one of the things that we noticed when we, um, you know, looking at other conferences, there's almost always at these conferences, 90% of the people are treatment providers. Uh-huh. And so we we have done, I think, an excellent job. Uh, Shelly and I have both, and I, and I applaud Shelly too, we're just a team in trying to bring people to the table, people with lived experience, our criminal justice system. We can't do this unless this, par- this paradigm shift can't happen unless we're all at the table and we're all on board. And what I am so impressed with our community, um, we have the looking at diversion programs and treating um, addiction not as a criminal issue but as a public health issue. Mm-hmm. Our community is, we're at the, this is the time to do it and and I think that um, I'm really impressed with our criminal justice system, our law enforcement, our first responders. The reality is that they're doing a lot of social work. They don't want to be treating addiction. They want to react and respond to emergency, and that's what they should be mm-hmm. doing and keeping the public safe. Now, at the summit, which is coming up uh, September 18th and 19th at the Monroe Convention Center, apparently there will be people with life experience. That means people who have experienced the abuse of these medications themselves or family members how are they participating nothing about us without us is a thread that is sort of stitched throughout the entire summit and in every aspect we have people with lived experience either they've helped plan it they are rep- they're the presenting uh, they're sharing their story they are helping with setup. They are helping us uh, host tables in uh, the, the resources that we'll have available. In every aspect, I think what has been number one is making sure that that sentiment, nothing about us without us, has been honored. Are you still looking for volunteers? Yes. Oh my gosh, Okay, yes. how can you volunteer to get involved? We need volunteers. Um, both the day of the summit and then also leading up to helping us put folders together and Mm -hmm. things, they can go to our Facebook page. It's Second Annual South Central Opioid Summit. And there's a link, there's a sign up. We really do need people to to go to the sign up genius, Mm -hmm. uh, the the sign up link that they can find on Facebook. Second Annual South South Central Central Opioid Opioid Summit. Summit. Let's say that again together. Second Second Annual annual South South Central Central Opioid Opioid Summit. Summit. On Facebook. We want to add that if you volunteer, you also can go to the summit for free. So say you volunteer for a shift. We have ticket, you know, mm-hmm. we have a specific amount of tickets set aside for volunteers. So, yeah, come for two or three hours. You can stay the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How would you know that the summit has been a success? One of the big things I think we didn't want to do was just have an event, talk about the problem, and then do nothing about it. So we have already this year, we already are seeing success from the inspiration that came out of the summit last year. We have our overdose deaths here in Monroe County are down by half already this year. And so... Why is that? Well, I... Because of, nalo- because of naloxone, because of the efforts of our health department, our Indiana Recovery Alliance, and, and they've given out so many doses of that life-saving medication. And just in case, what is that, naloxone? Mm. It's an overdose reversal. So, uh-huh. and it's, you can, and we'll have some at the summit. Mm-hmm. We'll have training and, and uh, actually naloxone of, that people can learn how to administer it, which is very easy. In 2017, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services declared this opioid crisis a public health emergency. That's big time stuff. 
Last year, 2017, Health and Human Services spent nearly $900 million on opioid-specific treatment and recovery services. 2015, 52,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. 2016, 64,000. It's heartbreaking. What effects besides the naloxone effect that you saw in this past year, what effects might have come from last year's summit? Shelley. I'm a true believer in relationship building, mm -hmm. consensus building. And when we have what we provided was an opportunity to get community leaders in into the same space to to see number one that the community is behind this mm -hmm. that the community does want some wants education wants awareness wants something done wants treatment made available and I saw the summit as a, an opportunity for Munro County to be a leader in in this uh, sphere and I think that was a byproduct of of the actual summit you know it wasn't no no I, I would say that lots of these conversations were happening already mm -hmm. it just gave it a bigger platform the evidence-based research that's um, that's out there that shows what is making a difference some of it is definitely new mm -hmm. some of it might be sound scary to uh, some people it is such a shift in how we look at addiction having it be more um, definitely more compassionate in our response more treatment uh, centered and not criminalizing it and these bold steps i think when you come together at a in, in a place like a summit and you realize i am not alone i'm not uh, I'm not alone in thinking that we need to do these, make these um, big changes and take these big steps. And it, the summit provided that. And it was definitely training and um, in naloxone and so much more. But I'd like to think that the relationship building and the consensus building made a big difference. And plus, so we, we built the relationships and then we really developed something that has just didn't exist in this community, which is, you know, we started the Opioid Commission. Mm -hmm. So we've, obviously you've led on legislative work. We have um, committees focused on diversion programs, overdose response. Um, and even out of that, we created a treatment navigator program. Um, we have basically, and we're giving, also being able to give money away. So if we raise the, the money that we don't spend on the summit, we are actually going to develop a, a kind of a grant program. Mm. So this is, this model is, it's throughout the year, we're doing all kinds of events and education and programming. I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. If you recall earlier in the show, I brought up this prescription bottle of Tramadol mm -hmm. I have in my hand. Well, guess what? I took one of them uh, because the pain was getting so bad. And actually, I only took half of one because I just wanted mm -hmm. to see at first. That stuff is good. Right. It's amazingly mm -hmm. good. It's seductively good. Mm -hmm. well, chronic pain is terrible. Yeah. But even if it weren't pain, it's just this um. makes you feel like <laughs> mm -hmm. wowzer. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you get beyond that? And think if your, if your brain had developed in such a way that nothing that you could do could stop it from sort of latching on and needing it. Right. Is that your fault uh, that you 
develop this, you know, addiction or... Yeah, were you a weakling? Mm -hmm. Did you have no willpower? I think what's great about the summit is we are ve we've been very intentional to sort of have uh, opportunities for people to learn about all different approaches. When you think about kids, it's like you tell your kids, don't do drugs, it's bad. And then as Michael just said, you know, you take something and, hey, it feels good. Yeah. Suddenly your parents are liars and they don't know anything. Yeah. Why would you yeah. be? Mm -hmm. So the idea is that, hey, look, you're going to try these things. It's going to feel good and be fun. Let's do it in a safe way. And that really is harm reduction. It's wearing a seatbelt. It's yeah. drinking water in between between drinks. It's yeah. making sure you don't black out. You go and <laughs> somebody walk you home. I mean, there's harm reduction is just keeping yourself safe. And as Shelly said, any positive change. Um, making, you know, recognizing that there may be setbacks. If you're trying to, to become abstinent, there's there are going to be multiple setbacks. But it's the fact that you're just trying to thrive and move forward, taking one step at a time. The loved one and I went on one of our Sunday drives recently. We went to go see that beautiful, historic, covered bridge near Medora. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So we drive through Medora, which is a tiny town. It's almost out of the range of cell phones, for gosh sakes. It's almost a ghost town. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if kids growing up in that kind of environment think the world has left us behind. What are the opportunities? Where do we go? What is there to do? I've got an idea. My friend's got a prescription for tramadol. Mm -hmm. Let's get high Friday night. Because mm -hmm. what else is there? Yep. You know, it, as you were telling this story, I was, I was thinking about our lack of response uh, decades ago when in in our predominantly black communities they were suffering and we did not respond this way mm -hmm. i am fully aware of that and it it haunts me that it you know it has taken the impact um, on how it affects white people yeah for uh, a response to be one that doesn't let go of um, the human aspect of Who's struggling, and I and I really feel we, uh, I, you know, society, did not um, did not respond as we should we have, failed. and I and I we failed. Yes, yeah. we did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we failed. And you know, you think about the the fact that suddenly it affects you know this. I think you said judge's son or child. It mm -hmm. suddenly matters. It, it affects the white community. Suddenly everyone should care. I mean, we cannot forget, you know, where we came from. And actually at the summit, we're going to have a whole, mm -hmm. I think a whole breakout session on the history of um, racialized drug policies, which will be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You're covering all the angles. One of the angles is the housing first model. What's that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So let me say how we're going to, why we're doing it first, all because right. so the idea of housing first is just it's the lower barrier sort of a Crawford home here in in our community so it's the lowest barrier option um, and and we need way more Crawford houses than just two mm -hmm. which is what we how many we have mm -hmm. so why does it matter why are we doing that at the summit yeah. uh, so many people who encounter who end up in chaotic drug use end up having nowhere to live and so what we want to talk about is kind of the intersection between um, how we can uh, house people and why that matters so much in helping someone get get sober is when you don't have a place to live obviously it's extremely difficult to try to get off of substances so yeah. we want to talk about that kind of intersection there and that's only part of the group of people who are suffering through this malady absolutely you don't have to be homeless to be addicted to this stuff absolutely. you're gonna have a great job mm -hmm. you're gonna have three cars 
Mm-hmm. You can have a big family, and you can be stuck on tramadol. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what gets me, though, is that the people that end up in jail time and time again tend to be the people who are poor, and right? So you've got the mom who maybe has postpartum and is at home ordering drugs online, right? Yeah. And is addicted. And you see her at school. You never would know that person is right. addicted. But then you see the person on the street who maybe gets in a fight and continually getting arrested. And that's really what we have to... I. It does affect everyone, but it affects our, our poor citizens um, more, more directly because they end up in the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. And we've got, to, we've got to address that. The vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, like so many problems in our modern society, it has to do with class and race mm-hmm. and economics. So last month, uh, Mayor John Hamilton uh, came out and apologized for the city putting up on its website Locations of uh, OD deaths, the addresses, the names of the um, homeowners and so forth over the last few years, and that raised uh, one heck of a stink. They're down now, perhaps. I teach uh, in the business school at Kelly, and one of the things that we talk about is when you post something, it's out there forever. Forever. I appreciate uh, that the city has been working very hard to get it down. It's unfortunate that it was ever published to begin with. Amanda, are we better with that now? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy that the moms and the dads and the husbands and wives that were affected by those addresses being on the website spoke up and that the city heard their their concerns. I definitely don't think there was ill intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, as a society, we have to um, value people who are in chaotic drug use just as much as we would value someone with diabetes or cancer. And I think that right. was my was the insensitivity of um, sharing that personal information and really um, violating people's privacy so i'm glad it's down and um you know let's hope that someone didn't screenshot it and decide to post it at some other time because i think that happened uh i think it was on reddit but i think it came down i think it was reported and came down so that's good hamilton the mayor himself said that one of the reasons for putting the stuff up was to show that the problem is pervasive as opposed to just a problem at seminary square where the homeless hang out which is a good point i think we know that the problem is pervasive because it, you, everyone knows someone that's affected by this. We don't need to, this, it's not up to our government to, to prove it. We know that because all you have to do is look at a budget and see how much money we're spending on this issue. Here's a fabulous example of elected public officials working together to solve a problem, and the problem isn't going to be solved the day after tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's ongoing. It's going to be happening. Amanda Barge is Monroe County Commissioner. Shelley Yoder is a member of the Monroe County Council. They are the founders, as it were. Can I use that word? Yes. Mm -hmm. Of the uh, Monroe County, South Central Indiana Opioid Summits. The second one will be coming Tuesday and Wednesday, September 18th and 19th at the Monroe Convention Center. They're going to see what the heck experts in the field and the people who experience it can do about this opioid crisis that we're in. Mm -hmm. Both of you, Amanda, Shelley, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael.